Hello and welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fine. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Uh, I'm excited about this episode. A little different. We're not talking about football. No, we are not. Which is weird. Yeah. I guess technically a little bit because my trivia questions are about football and you're guessing a football player. But the majority of our podcast is not going to be centered around football. Which is odd. It's definitely not normal, but sometimes it's good to break the mold. I mean, we got to get used to it. We're about to go a long time without football. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, unless our listeners want to hear us talk about what could happen, who could be good, what moves could be, like, just like conceptual ideas. Yeah. Which, hey, we'll probably get into some of that, but anyway, that's for the future. For now... We have some trivia. Trivia? Trivia? We have some trivia questions for Thomas, oh. uh, who okay. is about to lose another game. That night, haven't I? Am I on like a streak? That's irrelevant. Okay. Uh, anyway, and which anyway. NFL owner? I guess technically former NFL owner, deceased NFL owner. Al Davis. No. Oh. Credited, is credited with coining the term Super Bowl. Super Bowl? Is it Bud Adams? It is not. Uh, uh, it is not. It is Lamar Hunt, former owner, now dead, of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. His well, wife owns and goes to every Super His wife has been to every single Super Bowl. What a life, that, dude. Right? That sounds so awesome. Right? Um, how many times has Indianapolis, Indiana, hosted the Super Bowl? Twice. That's correct. Okay. That correct. <laughs> okay, first hint. Uh, the first hint is NFC. Okay, okay. Miles Sanders. No. Okay, okay, okay. No. No. So, trivia question number three. Number three. Number three, my lord. Pick number three. Uh, where was the very first Super Bowl held? Oh, what the hell? Um, geez. New York? New York. Uh, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. No, uh, the opposite, actually. L.A.? L.A. It was between New York Sorry, and L.A. Man, you want to make yeah. a guess? Um, Jalen Hurts. That is... In- <laughs> it's not an eagle. I'll tell you that. Okay. 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 Um, I am not going to ask that question. I mean, you could add it as a bonus. <laughs> sure. Bonus question. This doesn't count as your fourth hint. Uh, how many yards did Thurman Thomas rush for at Super Bowl... 26. 238. 13. Oh. 13? <laughs> Not 213, just 13? Just 13. Wow. What an off day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, which city? No, nah, that one's too hard. My whole thing reset when we started Thurman this. Thurman Thomas. I need to understand, like, apparently how browsers work. Because, like, the le- draft where my browser reset and we couldn't do it a couple... Listen, 
Listen, David, it's okay. Older individuals tend to struggle with technology. I will come across this table. It's moments like these where I really wish we had video rolling. You are less than two years older or younger than me. Uh, am I? Okay, like 13 months. Big difference. Okay. Wait, no. There's 12 months in a year. So 21 months. 23 months. 23 months. That's the right... That's how you math. Two Point is, two is four, you're not one, much younger than me. I'm just saying, you're the one struggling with the technology today, buddy. I'm not struggling with it. It's just I had the questions I wanted to ask picked out, and then it reset because I didn't think about it. Listen, it's okay. It's okay. No one's hating on you. Uh, the New England Patriots played all of their first three Super Bowls in which city? Are you serious right now? All three of their first Super Bowls in the same city? That's impressive. Atlanta. No. Wow. Okay. This New is... Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. Okay. So, uh, last hint. Um, I already know that it's an NFC, er, NFC player, right? Mm-hmm. Um Brock Purdy. Uh, no. But I'm going to end you off with an easy one so you can get at least one more hint. Okay. okay. Uh, which was the first team to win the NFL Super Bowl? Cleveland. I'm just joking. It's Green Bay. I was about. Green Bay won the first two. Yes, they did. And then the Jets. And then. Yes, they did. And then I don't know. Um, last hit, NFC West. Okay. 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 Okay, it's an NFC West player in the NFC. Okay, this is the information we have. Listen, Time. you've you've gotten these with this little information. Time if for you do it some again. Deductive. I will be thinking. Impressed. Um. Okay, so I have two options in my brain that I could guess. Um, I am gonna go with option numero dos, if you will. Debo Samuel. No. I really thought you were going to get uh, it. Because uh, you did it last, last... What was your other guess? Geno Smith. Oh, no. Oh. No. No. Who was it? Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a that's a, that's a a easy name to like guess, but it's also an easy name to overlook because he's on the defensive side of the ball. And yeah. in our society, we tend to reward offensive star power yeah. as opposed to defensive star power. I will say this. Uh, you have guessed before with lesser knowledge. So, hey man. You could have done anything. It was like, okay, you remember when we used to do that 30-second name the athlete game? Yeah. There was like one time when we did it before the podcast where I just nailed it on yeah. the first. Just oh, I remember. threw out a name. I remember. Uh Great times. I felt so smart. I was going to do TJ Watt, but I was like, nah, that's going to be too easy. I, ha, have I ever even guessed a Steeler in these hints? I mean, I've never made it a Steeler. But have I ever even reasons. guessed one? I mean, no, but like, probably smart, because I'm not going to make it a Steeler, because that'd be too obvious. You know all the Steelers. Yeah, but now, it's too obvious, or it's, it's not obvious enough if you make it a Steeler. Like, you could have it be a Steeler, and I'm guessing... All right, next week it's going to be T.J. Watt. Okay, marked it down. Yeah. Opening guess, T.J. Watt. Yep. The best Watt in the NFL. But... Mm, 
let's, let's let him have a couple more years before we say that. What do you mean? JJ's retired, dog. I know. So you're saying TJ's not better than Derek? Uh, yes. So TJ's the best Watt in the NFL. Currently, yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't think it's. I don't think we can say that TJ is better than JJ yet. True. True. I think he will be. He needs more awards. Yeah, but I don't think we can say it yet. So but, that's what I meant. But I see you meant currently in the other. Yeah. Then yeah, yeah, for sure. Semantics. Semantics. Yeah. Well, technically, yeah. 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 Okay, so uh, as David alluded to, we don't really have a lot of football to talk about. That was the gist of it, if you will. Uh, now we got some more. I think they're fun things to talk about. Hockey and my personal favorite thing to talk about on the podcast because it's so stupid. R- I was gonna say so rarely Boring. pressing, but soccer lame. Okay, oh. listen. Listen, just because your team wins the league every year without having to put forth an effort doesn't mean that everyone else finds the sport boring. We can't all be great. Anywho's in, let's get into some hockey stuff. Uh, yeah, a couple things uh, going on in the world of hockey. We're definitely not going to get to everything. Uh, but this week there were a couple of major <sighs> injuries. Uh, key important players for a couple of teams trying to make something happen. Obviously, um, Carolina made a very big acquisition in the offseason with Max Pacioretty. For cheap, too. Max Pacioretty, who just four months ago tore his Achilles. I didn't know you could play hockey. That's a, that's in a tough four injury. months after tearing your Achilles. Uh, well, has retorn his Achilles. Oh. It's almost like four yeah. months it's isn't enough, enough time yeah. after... Tearing a freaking Achilles. Yeah, in other sports, that tends to be a uh, full year. Yeah. A calendar year, not a full season. A calendar year recovery. Yeah. But, uh, so obviously, Max Pacioretty down for the Carolina Hurricanes. He is expected to miss the rest of the season naturally. I would would think he shouldn't play until after the All-Star break next year. But, I'm not a doctor. Um Obviously, that sucks for Carolina. They pick up a really good player, like you said, for pretty cheap. Um, and so, really, really not great for Carolina. Good for Carolina is that they have a massive roster full of nothing but talent and are playing really, really well this year. So, hopefully, excuse me, hopefully it doesn't hurt them too hard, but uh, definitely not great. Yeah, they're also in on a lot of the uh, primary targets in the trade market. So. Worse comes to worse. I mean, they acquired Burns and Pacioretty last offseason for nothing, so they really have that capital to really make a a splash. I also saw something. Um, you just talked about like major moves, which made me think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw something the other day that said Bo Horvat is basically no longer on the Canucks. Yeah, like it's all but a done deal that he is not going to be on the Canucks after the trade deadline. Yeah, and that. I sucks for the Canucks. I'm conflicted because Bo Horvat, you know, young captain of this Canucks team that has a lot of talent, it's just not putting it together, and contract extension stalled. So ultimately, you know, as a team should do, if your captain, your star player, isn't going to re-sign with you, you should probably try and trade him and try and get some assets back in for him. Uh. The breaks seem to be coming off, though, in Vancouver. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but Bruce Boudreaux gave a very emotional press conference. I did see that. Where he basically was like, you know, I'd have to be a fool 
to not hear the rumblings, to not see, to not feel the hotness of my seat. Yeah. No, I did see that. I don't, I don't get it in Vancouver. Like, why doesn't it work? What is the matter? That's a whole I, different conversation for a whole different time. We don't have to get into it. I mean, I, I have, I have an answer. It's not a long answer. Can okay, I? go for it. Uh, Vancouver has really good players. They have really good talent. I don't think they have the right players to accommodate the turnover within the coaching staff and the front office and just player turnover. So then why don't they just keep coaches around for a minute? Uh, because Give them a couple years. Because firing a coach is a GM silver bullet to save their job. Which is lame it is it is it is but that's like that's the nature of the beast like we will see gms fire coaches who aren't bad i mean bruce boucher is not a bad coach he's a good coach i mean poyle fired lobby yeah i mean like we see it whenever a gm when we had a bad couple of weeks not even a bad season whenever a gm's heat or seat starts to get hot you it's not uncommon to see a coaching change to kind of kick the can down the road for the gm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be like, oh, no, no, no. We're turning it around. We just got the coach I wanted, finally. You know? So I think it's I think it's a combination of that. I think, honestly, Vancouver just needs to do a hard rebuild. I think yeah. the trade they made last year where they brought in Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland was a terrible trade. They sent a lot of really bad contracts to Arizona. For probably the worst contract in the league in Oliver ekman Larson. But the thing is, is that the contracts that they sent to Arizona are all expired now. They're gone. Huh. That money is available. So Vancouver had a hard time re-signing Pedersen, Besser, and Hughes this offseason. If they hadn't made that trade for Oliver ekman Larson, it's probably not a problem. They yeah. prob- they're probably able to get the deals done and bring in players to supplement their weaknesses. But they're not able to do that because they have, the again, the worst contract in the NHL in Oliver ekman Larson, And they have Connor Garland, who, while B is a good player, six million years a lot. Yeah, It adds up. The bill comes due. And the bill is due. I don't know how we got on the woes of the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> but um, there is one more injury that is pretty major. Uh, if you don't know, Cole Caulfield suffered a shoulder injury that is putting him out for the rest of the season for the Montreal Canadiens, which kind of sucks because Montreal has been surprisingly not horrific this yeah. year. Uh, and Cole Caulfield has been playing well. He's a good young kid. So, you know, not great. For Montreal, but hopefully next year he can bounce back and still play this, well. This is going to be kind of a uh, hot take, maybe. Um, you never want a player to get hurt, yep. right? However, this injury for Montreal might be good in the long run. Because they had this log jam at forward where they had too many forwards to play too, And like... The thing is, is like when you have quality forwards that you can't play and you're looking to trade as Montreal is, specifically with Sean Monaghan, that value keeps getting lower and lower because they're not playing. Yeah. So this gives them an opportunity to bump up some minutes for some players who they are looking to move on from, hopefully increase their value, get better capital out of it. And it gives another year, like 
I'm a big Cole Caulfield fan. And I think sometimes we dwell on size a bit too much. But Cole Caulfield is very small. Uh, he is very small in a league that is very aggressive, very physical. And it leads to smaller players getting injured at a higher rate. Uh, so, I mean, I think it could, I think this could be, they could take this situation, which ultimately is not ideal, and turn it into a positive on both sides. Yeah. So, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Had to, had to be careful how I worded that. It almost sounded like I was like, yeah, good for him for getting hurt, you know? No, I get it. You're just anti player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Uh, uh, no, that's fair. I get it. Um, still sucks for Caulfield, but. Hopefully it does work out in the long run, but those are the two major injuries that happened this week that I kind of wanted yep. to. Uh, we have a topic coming up that we are going to probably spend a lot of time on. So before we get into that, I got just a couple of other stuff. Uh, Edmonton got new snowplows, and they held a name contest for them. Uh, the new snowplows in Edmonton will henceforth be known by Connor McBladet. <laughs> Connor McBlade it? Connor McBlade it. Oh my. Yeah, yeah. And, oh uh, my gosh. And over in Philly, Kevin Hayes uh, had a very emotional game the other day. He dedicated the performance to his brother, Jimmy Hayes, who passed away this offseason due to a fentanyl overdose. And uh, Kevin Hayes, in this game that he dedicated to his brother, former NHLer Jimmy Hayes, he scored his first career ha- first career hat trick. Oh wow! Yeah, so you know, real That's good feel dope. good moment yeah. in Philly in a locker room that hasn't really had a lot of positives to uh, yeah lean on this year. But now that that's out of the way, speaking of Philly, uh, a lot of very hot opinions. Very intense, passionate opinions coming out over the NHL's Pride Night, where even Provorov elected to not wear the Pride warm-up jersey, citing religious beliefs. And he's been getting absolutely obliterated on social media. Even? Ivan. I was like, is that how his name is pronounced? Did I say even? even? You said even. Oh, Ivan Provorov. Like even Stevens. No, no, Ivan. Great show. Fantastic show. Um... Should I have a little puff? Yeah. So, I mean, how do you want to start this conversation? Uh, so, okay. Let's give some, you know, overall... Like, we can dive a little bit more into the context. Uh, okay. The NHL has a pride night uh, that is synonymous with the phrase, hockey is for everyone. Players tend to wear pride-themed warm-up jerseys that are then auctioned off and the proceeds go to a specific charity or foundation. Uh, Provorov elected not to do so. Russian-born player elected not to do so. Uh, citing religious concerns gets obliterated like we talked about. But I think the thing that like really stands out to me is it's not just fans tearing into him. It's hockey personalities. It's hockey reporters. Like The equivalents of Ian Rappaport's and Adam Schefter's to the NFL lamb blasting Provorov in the NHL. Bro, 30 years ago, y'all didn't let black people play hockey. Back off. Um, uh, I think 
we talked about this earlier because like we kind of wanted to figure out where we stood on this and i think we're both pretty much on the same side of uh culturally we're talking about a russian-born player a player who grew up in russia who lived in russia russia being a more conservative country with more conservative values than what we are used to in the u.s that's well, but, it. like, it's not, from what I understand, it wasn't because of his cultural beliefs. It was his religious beliefs. Right. Which, like, he but grew they, up in a... Yeah, they yeah. kind of go hand in hand yeah. to a degree. Uh, so, I think it's reasonable that someone from a area not as liberal as our United States of America can be might view this specific uh cause with a different tint in their eyes i feel like we should say this first and foremost we do not agree with ivan provorov regarding the lgbtq right community right thomas and i are both allies supporters. Very, yeah both allies both pro love who you love be who you be who you want to be um that's where we stand on this topic yeah. We think everyone should be accepting and tolerant. Um, that, I feel like we should get out of the way first and foremost. Um, but one of the things that I think is important to remember here is that, yes, he it's a religious thing, it's a cultural thing, but two, he wasn't not tolerant. Right. right. He didn't. He didn't say any, he didn't shout out a homophobic slur. He didn't go on a diatribe about how wrong it is. He didn't like, he didn't say or do anything hurtful or harmful or derogatory. And that's what I think is the most important thing. Like he didn't say, I'm not going to support the hedonistic devil worshiping that is homosexuality. Like he didn't say that. What he said was. My religious beliefs dictate otherwise. Therefore, I am not going to support Pride Night. Right. And while I may disagree with that, I don't think it's my right. I don't think I have the right to force him to participate in something that he does not believe in based off of his religious and cultural upbringing. Right. Again... I don't think he should be allowed to say harmful things, but he didn't say harmful things. And so I, I, he shouldn't be forced to support a cause he doesn't believe in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I also think that we should, like, there's more context to consider in this situation. I mean, look at other Russian-born players in the NHL who have been outspoken on a more non-conservative front, it hasn't generally ended well for them. Like we in this country have freedom of speech. And I feel like sometimes we take that for for granted, granted, especially when it comes to athletes playing in our country who are not American citizens. Cause even though he collects an American paycheck, plays for an American team, stands for the national uh, the national anthem every game. He's not an American citizen. Russia is his home, and it's a very different set of rules that are played there than here. And a much more volatile set of rules, and a much more volatile leader. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, like, 
Do I wish he thought the same as me? Yes. However, I personally am of the belief that if you're in a room surrounded by people who think the same the same thing as you, you're not going to grow as an individual. Uh, so there is like there's a place in society for people who think differently as long as they're not, you know, being hateful, aggressive, uh, damaging to other people's place in society. I, I, I disagree. Everyone should have the exact same belief system. We should all wear the same clothes, drive the same cars, live in the same houses. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Put a chip in our brains and make us do everything. Sounds like an exciting time to be alive, uh, if you ask me. No, I, I, I do think everything, I agree with everything you said. And I think the important thing to kind of think about is uh, those of us on a certain side of the aisle, if you will, like just talking about homosexuality in the in the U.S., uh, we want to say you can't use religion to dictate law in a non-religious country, right? Right. So you can't force us who don't believe the way you believe to do things just because that's the way you believe. Right. And I agree with that. As a Christian... I should not, like, I don't live in a, like, America is not a theocracy. We don't live in a Christian nation. Therefore, I cannot force non-Christians to follow my Christian belief. And our government should not force non-Christians to follow my non, or, um, my Christian beliefs, our Christian beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to say. So those who are anti-gay marriage, we say your religious you can't force us to agree with you and your religious opinion. So if we hold that belief, which we do, I do, you do. Mm-hmm. If we hold that belief, then why is it different on the other side of the aisle? Again, he didn't say anything harmful. He didn't call anyone a slur. He didn't use any words or phrasing derogatorily. Yeah. So why should we force him... To participate in something that he doesn't believe in. And like you said, I wish he did believe like we did. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it makes me really excited and happy to see the vast majority of athletes participating in this because of their platform. And like, you know, is slapping on hockey is for everyone or, you know, having rainbow hoodies going to solve all the issues in, in the country? Absolutely not. But... It's cool, I'm sure, as a young queer person probably watching hockey to see maybe their favorite player ro- uh, rocking a, a, a pride jersey. I bet that's really cool for them. Oh, yeah, so I absolutely. Really, I really love that the NHL does it. But this is someone who has a religious and a cultural belief Yeah. in a culture that is not the same as his. Mm-hmm. So... As long as he's not doing it aggressively or detrimentally, his we should not force his hand. Uh, I saw an article that called it forced activism. Yeah. That's not okay. I feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of activism. Yeah. and But uh, I saw a tweet from Greg Wyshynski, I think. I believe his name is. I could be mistaken on who the tweet came from. Uh, The tweet said, Ivan Provorov has the right to believe the way he wants to believe. However, we have the right to form whatever opinion about him we want to. 
that tweet made me feel conflicted. Uh, and what I mean by that is he, on the first half, I agree entirely. And on the second half, I also agree. Like, ultimately, you do have the right to have an opinion about whatever you want to have an opinion about. I'm not saying you don't. And that that kind of overlaps both those points in that tweet. However, I think it is important that we don't look at this in a vacuum. Because it's not in a vacuum. I also think if you, like look at someone as less than because they believe differently than you, you suck. You have the right to do it, but you suck. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, like, this is a hard conversation. Uh, this is a conversation that David and I talked about off-air a, a bit, a fair amount, more than the normal uh, when it comes to planning episodes. And, again, we just want to stress that, like, we do not share the same beliefs as Provorov, however, we both feel that the ba- the backlash he's gotten has been a bit extreme. Yeah, I feel like what happens is one side of the aisle. There, there are two sides of the aisle. Yeah, right. One side of the aisle has a belief that is not consistent with the other side. Right, and so the other side tends to have this extreme reaction. To the side that is different. Yeah. And then vice versa. Like almost like hyper defensive. And it seems to me like we really need to stop with this extreme reaction. Because like, I don't know, man. I I feel like a certain point things got so much more volatile and opposed than they were before. Right. We like, I I used to have different beliefs than a lot of people, and I wasn't treated like garbage. I learned and I grew and I'm different now, like whatever. But like, I used to have a friend group where I was I didn't believe like everyone else, and we all just got along anyway. And then obviously later my beliefs changed and whatnot. But like the point is, then I feel like as a really a country, whereas. When people disagreed, there were still arguments. Yeah. They weren't as aggressive as they they are now. And they weren't as, we're done. Yeah. Like... You would see, like, something on the news saying, these people said this. I don't really agree with that. And this is why. Whereas now, I can't believe they said this. This is a threat to our entire democracy. No, it's not. Shut up. It's not... It's not that serious. Dude. It's not at all. Now, granted, there are certain things that are serious. Like, for example, within this situation, the mental health of the LGBTQ community is, is you know, there could be more work done. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know? So I, I really want to make sure that we hammer in that, like, you know, wish he was, wish he thought the same way as us, but that it's unrealistic. But again, I, I don't think this is about, like... I don't think we should make it about <clears throat> the LGBT conversation. Uh, well, that's not totally. Yeah, it, it's a hard line to navigate. Yeah. Because again, me and Thomas, very pro LGBT, very ally, like yeah. on your side. We think differently than Ivan Provorov. I think the main thing for me is 
As long as someone is not being rude about it. Yeah, if you're not hurting anyone. Yeah. As long as you're not, like, going around clubbing people that you disagree with over the head. Believe what you want to believe. I might not like it. I might not agree with you. I don't like that he believes that way. I don't agree with him. But he should not be ostracized and vilified because of his belief. Right. Just like, I like I don't know, man. I There's an overpopulation of deer. Okay. That's a fact. Okay. If you told me I am now forced to be on this committee that uh, goes around slaughtering deer to deal with the overpopulation of deer, I would refuse. Okay. Because, yes, I can see that there's an overpopulation, but I disagree in murdering all of them. Am I going to, like, am I going to get shunned, ostracized, vilified, talked about like I'm a horrible person? No. No. I don't think this is, like, that was a horrible, I don't really know where I was going with that. The point is, when you disagree with someone on something, that's okay. As long as that person is not being harmful, their opinion is not going to affect you or your family or anyone and their families. Just because you disagree doesn't make them a horrible person. Right. Uh, some other context to peel back in this scenario. Uh, a lot of fans were also upset that he even played in the game that night. A lot of a lot of people took the stance that like, hey, if you have a problem with Pride Night, you shouldn't even be participating in it. Period. Uh, not just in the warm-ups, but in the game itself. You should have sat out the game. Uh, that is a opinion. That is an opinion. That is indeed an opinion. Um, another standpoint was John Tortorella, the coach of the Flyers, was very vocal when the NHL had players kneel or take a seat during the anthem. He was very vocal about his displeasure in this. And a lot of people are burying him as a hypocrite for not bringing the same level of... Because ultimately Tortorella was like, it's a distraction. We don't need that in the locker room. And a lot of people are throwing up his words about that scenario with this. I will have an opinion on it at some point. I don't think I've fully formed mine yet, if that makes sense. I, it's like this is such a deep, a, it's so deep when it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um... You know? And it makes it really hard to navigate. As a viewer, than anything else, there I think there's a difference between not showing your support by putting on a jersey for warmups and missing out on a massive game check that supports your livelihood. Right. On the same night. Absolutely. Because him skating around the, on the ice for 17 minutes to him is not supporting the LGBT community. It's him wearing the jersey. Those are yeah. very different. And th this is, again, his livelihood. This is how he makes money. This is, you know, um, how he supports his family. Like, there's there's a big difference between skipping out of work and just not 
showing your support for something. So I think that's silly. Uh, as far as the John Tortorella thing goes, um, I agree that it's a distraction. And I don't think that's... Sorry, regarding the Anthem thing. I agree that it was a distraction. And I don't think that was a bad thing. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think that because it was a distraction, it brought attention to a situation that needed attention brought to it. And so the idea of, it's a distraction. It's not going to hurt your locker room. It's not going to hurt your team. It is a, the, the, yes, it's a distraction, but the only thing that distraction is causing is more people to understand the context in which black people live in America, which is necessary. Yeah, it, start, it started a discussion. It's not going to hurt, it, it didn't hurt their team, whatever. So the argument that it's a distraction and I don't like it, I feel like is his way of saying, I'm in my. I'm set in my ways, and you're I not don't change like it. that you're sitting. Not because it's a distraction, because I disagree with you. Yeah, and you're wrong. Yeah, uh, and so to me, it, it it tracks that he doesn't say anything to Provorov, but um, even still, I don't I don't think he should, and not because it's a distraction or whatever. Because again, everything we've said, his beliefs are his beliefs, and as long as he's not harming or hurting anyone, that's fine. Um, but I, I think that's null and void to yeah. me. Uh, moving on from controversy in North America to controversy in Europe. Unless you still want to... Oh, no, bro. Uh, Juventus. Very popular uh, soccer team in Who's Italy. That? Do what? Who's that? Is that uh, a soccer team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, notably, Cristiano. Have they ever had any good players? Uh, Ronaldo. Oh. Pretty good. Uh, Dybala. Uh, a team that historically has been really, really good. They stole Douglas Costa. Yeah, yeah. You are very familiar. Uh, they just got hit with a 15-point deduction for, quote-unquote, shady business dealings. Yikes. Uh, they will appeal this decision in court, uh, but it's either, the way the appeal system works there... It's either the punishment stays or it gets wiped out entirely. What is, what does that mean? Shady business dealings. What do they do? Like, uh, so what happened? Does that mean was, Byron's getting back Diego Costa? No, uh, they lied about their capital gains from player sales, oh. attendance. They basically fudged the books oh. because uh, soccer has a rule called financial fair play, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes when we talk about another team. Uh, and basically, they co- they were cooking the books. It was fraud. Yeah. Uh, so they were given 15-point deduction, which, in case you don't know, a win in soccer is worth three points, a draw is 15 worth... 15-point deduction? Yeah. They go from first to 10th place Jeez. with this. Uh, the notable thing is the court went above the prosecutor's recommendation of nine points due to how egregious these capital gains uh, lies were. What, like, yeah, we spent $17 million last year. <laughs> we actually spent 428 Like, what? Like, like it is. How egregious these, is it? These specific figures have not been released, but we are led to believe that it's bad. Wow. I mean, I could see it. 
they had they brought in guys like Cristiano Ronaldo, where I, I assume it wasn't cheap. I yeah, and, I mean we're talking about a player who's making a ridiculous amount of money. And even when we like, I mean, even when we saw the numbers. I w- it wouldn't surprise me if they said, look, this is what we're going to say publicly, but we'll actually give you this, yeah. and then had to lie about it. That wouldn't surprise me. A team that um, needed to compete in a league where they hadn't really competed. Uh, I guess they had competed in that league. Never mind. But still, I don't know, man. Uh, it makes sense. I can see it. Uh, I don't get why people do it. But Hey, man, everyone's going to do what they're going to do. Listen. If soccer has companies that are, what's the word I'm looking for? Investigating? Uh, manipulating. Manipulating. Financial. Reports? Reports. Then I'm surprised soccer is not much more popular in the U.S. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. No, there's going to be, this is going to be an interesting development to follow. Because it's not only, with this a decision going to appeals, it could get, like, I assume the discussion for punishments following this season and next season are in play. Because, again, we talked about financial fair play. Uh, And the reason why we were waiting to talk about that is Nottingham Forest just got promoted into the Premier League after last season. They have signed 26 players. That's twenty. That is a whole new roster. Of that's players. more than double what starts on a team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like so, the reason why that's notable, and it's a phrase that I'm going to say for the third time without explaining it. Financial fair play. Basically, the gist of financial fair play is your club can only spend a certain percentage of money based off what they brought in. So, say you're a billionaire, right? And you're like, I'm going to buy a fourth-tier English soccer league, and I am going to funnel money into that team and have them become the best team in England. You're not allowed to do that. Huh. You can, it's, it's almost, so they don't have a salary cap, but this is kind of similar to a salary cap, if you will. So you have to make a certain percentage of money back. So like if you put in... A hundred million dollars. And I don't know what the exact percentage is. I'm just using this for example. You have to make at least 30% of that back from attendance, player sales, etc., etc., before you can funnel more money into the club. Oh, I see. So it's like... Interesting. Yeah. So like, for instance, my favorite team, Aston Villa, got into major financial fair play uh, trouble when they spent money trying to get back into the Premier League, and it took, instead of just one season, it took three seasons. So, you know, with each level gets a different, you get a different cut of TV deal rights, which would help. That counts as money coming into the club. The club ultimately had to end up selling their stadium to third-party investors who eventually bought the club to get back into the black, if you will. Jeez. Yeah, so, like, it is. Do what? Recently? That's what happened this last time with promotion relegation with Villa? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, almost like a year after they got promoted, they almost had to sell all of their star players and then would have eventually been... Financial fair play is a very tricky thing because it it can knock you out if you're not careful. Like, for instance, what Villa was looking at, my favorite soccer team, if they had to sell all of their players to get back into the black... 
they wouldn't have had money to bring in new players. Yeah. No, I got you. Then they probably would have gotten relegated. That's even less money coming in from yeah. the TV deal rights. And Jeez. that could rubber band you back into financial fair play issues. That seems like kind of a broken system. It is kind of a broken system. But it's so a system they So what you're saying have. is Ted Lasso lied to us. Yeah. Yeah. 1,000%. Because, because that Nigerian prince... That's what he said he was going to do. He said, I'm a billionaire. I don't believe in billionaires, so I'm going to put all my money into this soccer team and make the best soccer team in the world. Yes. Unless the league does not subscribe to financial fair play, which it's more of a commonality in Europe because they have... Oh, yeah, Euro, he was starting in Africa. You know, like the European League, like Champions League, Europa, where all these European teams come together. Speaking of Ted Lasso and soccer, season three... It's coming in the spring. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Anyway, back to your thing. Uh, that's really it when it comes to soccer soccer. Yeah, man. Uh, that's yeah. weird. I've never heard of that. I've never... I mean, I've, I've heard the phrase financial fair play, but I never knew what it was. Um, it sounds like a very complicated thing. It is. That <laughs> I am glad I am not in charge oh, of. Absolutely. Because, I mean, like, it goes from everything, from ticket prices, attendance, uh... TV revenue, radio revenue, uh, merchandise revenue, like all these different, like it's it's basically putting all the financials under one book. So how has Nottingham Forest escaped this? Like how like how do you sign twenty six players and not find yourself in this financial fair play? So to my idea, you it's like it's based on like a three season window. Okay. Or a multi-season window. I don't know the specifics. I think it's three, but I need. I don't know the exact specifics. Okay. So if they stay in the Premier League the next two years and they're not very active in the next four or five transfer windows, because there's two windows a season, they could get by. However, if they get relegated in the next two years, Tough. you're going to expect to see a fire sale occur yeah. with the players. It's really weird to me, like, this isn't in the NFL, right? No. Like, like, yeah, we have the quote-unquote salary cap, but, like, all you got to do there is make, you gotta oh, build. his salary cap's only $12 million, but he's getting a $50 million signing bonus. As long as the owner has the money to pay that, doesn't It doesn't matter. matter, yeah. So it's weird to me that you can't just, like, put in money from the ownership without suffering... Lost like like in the MLB, it's the same way with the luxury tax. Right. As long as you got, as long as the owner has enough money to pay off that luxury tax at the end of the year, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, it's in, it's 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 a, it's an interesting system. That is to say the least. Yeah, I I kind of like that though. Yeah, I kind of do too. But uh, I, never mind. I was gonna say I like that because that way the top teams can't just buy up all the players. But like, I'm a Bayern fan, so and your team does what? <laughs> buy up all the players. But it does have an ugly side. Like, we see teams like Sunderland, who went from being a mainstay in the Premier League, not a contender, but always in it. Kind yeah, of a mid, middle table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've fallen all the way down the League One, which is the third tier. Oh, wow. Due in part to financial fair play regulations, oh, you wow. know? So it, it is cool. There's a good side and a bad side. But there is a league coming. I don't know how big it's going to get, but there's a league coming. It's called the Kings League, and it is a huge spin on soccer as we know it, or football, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, The Kings League was implemented, started by former Barcelona and Spain 
all-star Gerard Piquet. Uh, he also has brought the Balloon World Cup. Don't know anything about that, but it's on his resume, if you will. Balloon? Balloon. Uh, revamp- revamped Tennis's Davis Cup and is the president of FC Andorra, who play in the Spanish second division. And he's now looking to bring a new uh, revamp... Revamption? Revamption? Revamption. I'm going with revamption. He's going to... He's looking to bring a new revamption to another sport, this sport being soccer, and the Kings League. (laughs) Revamption. Man, listen, words are hard. Leave me alone. Uh, Kings League. So there's 12 teams. It's seven on seven soccer. The each team plays each other twice in the season in two 20 minute halves. That's very different from what we know from normal soccer. Very it's different. usually two 45 minute halves, 11 on 11. The kickoffs are water polo style, meaning the ball is placed at the center or dodgeball style, if you will. The ball is placed at the center. The players line up on their line and it's a dash to the ball first one to get it gets it water polo that was the description on espn they said water polo style i could have sworn in water polo someone started in the middle with the ball like soccer anyway i don't know i could be wrong i just love watching it in the olympics i don't pretend to know a whole lot about it anyway uh believe it or not these are the most mundane changes to the sport it gets even crazier interesting so you can watch these games on sundays on twitch the league has a twitch channel and each team has their own specific twitch channel there are unlimited subs the card system is different so in soccer a yellow card is a warning a red card is you're done for the day right yeah in this league a yellow card is a two minute penalty and a red card is a five-minute penalty. So like... Like un- hockey. Unsportsmanlike. Or like a, a minor and a major in hockey. Yeah, exactly. That team will play a man down. I like that. Uh, there are VAR. There is VAR, so video assistant referee. But each team can... It's like a challenge in the NFL. Each team gets one challenge a game. Interesting. In addition to that, rosters are composed of eight players that kind of, you know hang around each match, but there are three rotating spots. So say you're Lionel Messi, and you're in Spain for some reason. You have the week off. Your team is on break. You could sub in for one of these teams. Could you imagine? (laughs) You're like competing in a championship or something. (laughs) And it's a bunch of freaking old, retired, like... A couple of guys who work at the local gym. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Messi pulls up. Yep. It's like, hey, boys, you got a spot? Yep, yep. Uh, (laughs) Let me tell you, dude, there are some (laughs) names tied to this league. Oh, Uh, that would be so funny. Iker Casillas, who is a notable goalkeeper, and Sergio Aguero, who are notable strikers, they both own a team in this league. Uh, We have seen... Players like Javier Hernandez, more commonly known as Chicharito, sub in for games. Like there is, there is something here. This um, sounds like a lot more fun to watch than regular stuff. Yeah, so. uh, and I'm not even done. Uh, listen, on the first week on Twitch, this league drew in 800,000 viewers. <laughs> wow! You want to talk about opening with a bang? 800k in a, on the first week. On the first week, 800k. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, some of the other rule changes, penalties. If a game is tied, it goes in the penalties. Here's the thing about penalties. They're hockey style. You have five seconds to move in and score. Wow. Yeah. Five seconds. Is the goal just as big? Yep. But the goalie can come out just like in hockey. Oh. Like, Or no, 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 no. I think the goal the goal is smaller because it's seven on seven. So that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's not like the full 11 on 11 goal. I think it is a bit smaller. This is Sundays. What time on Sundays? Uh, that's a hard question to answer because it's in Spain. <laughs> I'm not good at international timelines. But I need to time watch zones. this. But I believe that you can go back and watch games that already played. So, I, like, if, like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. I want to watch this. In addition to this, there is something that the team owners were split on. So, they let the fans decide if this would be implemented as a rule. That's kind of cool. The fans voted to implement a wild card system. So, there are five cards. Each manager draws one, not knowing what the card is, before the game starts. And each of these cards have different uh, things. And these cards came into use in the very first game. So what are some of these cards, you might ask? There's a Joker card, which basically you can pick any of the other cards' abilities. There are a free penalty card, so your team can give yourself a penalty shot at any time. There is a uh, two-minute card, so like you can play a card, and basically you're starting out on a power play, if you will. There is a steal a card, which is exactly what it sounds like. You can rob the other team of their cards, and the next card is the next goal scored counts as two. So, double points. I don't like that. Here's where it got interesting. In the very first game, Iker Casillas' team and Sergio Aguero's team was playing. Uh, Casillas' team was down 3-2 late in the game, and they played the give my team a penalty card. Aguero's team followed suit by taking the steal the card, using the steal the card card that they had, and ended up winning 4-2. So every game has a, a bomb that could be dropped on it at any point. See, I don't like that. I don't fair. That that's so like that's broken. Like one of your cards is significantly better than the rest. Joke like Joker, you can pick any card yep. at any point in the game if there's like I think if you... there's 5 minutes left and the other team has done an incredible job defensively and like not even let you in, you can just be like, "Boom, give me a penalty." Like I think you have to declare, if you get the Joker card, what card you want to use it for before the start of the game. Even still, man, that just, like... Again, we're talking about a very young league. I'm sure that... I don't like that, personally. I just think, like, I don't like some of them. Some of them are fine. Like, steal a card, like, whatever. But, like, the penal card, like, that... I think that's too broken. You can just, anytime you want, you can use this card... So if one team one team could play a perfect defensive game and then you're tied at the end of it and so you say or you're about you're about to be down one or you're down one very into the game the other team is playing perfectly defensively you can just say hey all this hard work you've done screw you give me a goal No that's a fair like, that's I, a- I don't know I don't like that 
Everything else I mean, sounds fantastic, but I don't like that. But also on the flip hand, the other team has a card that they could play to give them an advantage as well. You know, I think like what there's you're saying a, makes sense. There's a difference between an automatic goal and well, give not, me a power play. Well, it's not an automatic goal. If you're not crap at soccer, it's an automatic goal. Well, I mean, it's a smaller goal. It's not a stand like the player. Like when it comes, I I don't think I said this in the when it, I don't think I elaborated on this when I was talking about the penalties. Like when I say they're hockey style, I mean they are hockey style. The player taking the penalty starts at the center line and has to dribble in and score and I feel shoot like in five seconds. Better for the scorer, honestly. Uh, I mean, it's a lot harder to chip in an indoor facility, you know. So the goal it it gives the goalie a better opportunity to be more aggressive because in normal penalties, the goalie has to stay on the line for the goal until contact is made with the ball. Whereas this, they can come out and play a little bit more aggressively and kind of shut down some of these angles. I don't know, man. I just, I think I'll have to see it work, like play out more. But the card thing is weird to me. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, I definitely am going to be watching this. Yeah, no, this it's soccer league. Which, like, I don't like soccer. I will be watching this. Eight hundred k for an opening weekend viewing on a new league is impressive. That's crazy, yeah. Diving into some of these rules and the changes, I get it, dude. It's I mean, like, like the big three, but successful. Yeah, like not everyone has three hours to watch a soccer game. Yeah. You know, but we're talking two 20-minute halves. Also, this league has a character in it. I say character because I don't know how else to describe him. His number is 69. He wears a Mexican luchador oh, mask. Oh, I remember. And his name is the Enigma. <laughs> And basically, he is playing in this sport even though he was told not to. That's the reason why his ma- he wears a mask. The team and his agent were like, hey, this is a terrible idea. You play in the number one league in Spain where players make hundreds of thousand pounds a week. Maybe you shouldn't be playing in the startup league risking injury, you know? Yeah. And he's like, nah, screw you. I'm doing it anyway. Or you know what? Even even if it's not real. Because there's a very possibility. Because, like, again, we don't know who this is. I was going to say, we don't know for a fact it's him. Yeah. We don't know if he actually plays in La Liga. Like, this could just be a master class marketing tactic by PK. Who, I believe, partnered with a notable Spanish Twitch streamer to help get this ball rolling. So, like, there are names behind this league. Yeah, obviously, and it sounds like they've like taken all of the things about soccer that are boring and made them not boring. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be uh, really interesting to see what happens in the future with this league. I think there's a lot of things in sports that get criticized, and a lot of times the reaction from the people up top are tough luck. Yeah, it sounds like these. The people who put together this league actually said, you know what? I hear your criticisms and I want to address them. That's really cool. I, This sounds awesome. Yeah. And uh, Chicharito, who subbed in for one of the games, uh, I believe Sergio Guerrero's team, they're both Argentine. No, Chicharito is Mexican. Mexican yeah. yeah. Um, he came out 
you know, after the game, because like everyone's like, what? How did it compare to what you expected? How was the play level? Because we're talking about a player who's played in the Premier League, the Spanish League. Like we're talking about a player who has a reputable history to gauge how competitive a league is. He said, I didn't come here from L.A. to waste time and I didn't feel like I did. The, he thought that the competition was fierce, and he real he said the biggest thing for him was the interaction with the fans that this league allows. Because again, with these card ideas, the league was split on the implementation of them, so they asked the fans to weigh in, and the fans weighed in. Like, this almost feels like a better executed fan-controlled football league Yeah, that we've heard rumblings of in the in the u.s and have heard about players playing on it but no one seems to really it's a lot yeah Fan, like didn't johnny manzel play in the johnny US? manzel josh <laughs> gordon like fans control every play that happens like that might be like it's a cool idea maybe a bit much though have you seen twitch plays pokemon no it's fans can do certain buttons to make them do certain things and the goal is to finish a game of Pokemon. And they've done it. they finish a game and then just restarts and fans control it. Yeah, no. But I am personally excited for the future of this league. And the future uh, impacts that it might have across other leagues across the world. Yeah. Because if, t- if, if you expect me to believe that high-level executives and not just the big four North American sports, but other leagues across the league don't have at least an idea of what's going on and are not watching to a degree, you're mistaken. Yeah, they've definitely got their eye out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we appreciate you for having your eye out whenever we drop new episodes. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Without you, what's the point of doing this? I mean, I, I like talking about sports. The, I was about to bust in the Luke Combs without you oh. um, lyrics, but I decided no one. Country no one music. Amazing. Yeah. It's the best music on the planet. Uh, no. I'm just saying. Uh, it's great. Are you sure? I'm positive. Positive? You're positive? I found a new band, a country music band. It's made up of two sisters and a, their cousin from a small town in Mississippi. And they are these three like sassy black girls who can sing the crap out of a country music song. And it's fantastic. And I found them on America's Got Talent. They're from a town of Mississippi with like 2,000 people. You're going to say the name of the group? or uh, I forget it. It's like Chattel Heart or something like that. Or Chapel Heart. Chapel Heart. Chapel Heart. They're so good. Dude. Anyway. Awesome. Happy for you. They're so good. I'm happy for our listeners, though. Because I made it to the end of another episode. Yeah, they did. Somehow. Don't know how you do it, but we appreciate you that we do. And uh, listen, I don't know where you're going. I don't know who you're going there with. I do know what you're listening to while you go. And it is this podcast. Yeah, it is. But uh, you know this. I know this. Listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined.